Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Everyone's excited about this year, especially on offense. We got the tools to be a really good offense. It's the start of a special journey. This group we have staff-wise, player-wise, it'll never be the same again. You want to make it count and, and make sure uh, we all put our best foot forward. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. Yes, we finally finally have some preseason football, which of course is the necessary step to regular season football, which you hope is the necessary step to postseason football. We do not have Wolf, although Wolf's going to call in in a little bit from Cincinnati. We have Tim Ring. Tim, what's we, going on? We got a football Friday, my friend. These next six and a half hours, the anticipation of preseason football, sometimes a little better than the actual preseason <laughs> football, but that's all right. Don't tell that to the every, Baltimore Ravens. Every Yeah, that's right. They never lose preseason games. 21 in a row. But this is a good Friday. Everybody's fired up. There's something about seeing the Cardinals in their uniforms taking the field. That's been a long off season. You get a chance to see these guys uh, finally get out there and play. And I know everybody's excited about it. Maybe hitting, hitting in their favorite watering hole after work tonight or maybe getting home a little early to see their Arizona Cardinals play a little foosball later tonight. Yeah, so we've got you. Actually, our show is shorter today. We're going to take you up to 1230. Then uh, Cardinals pregame coverage starts at 1230 all the way up to kickoff at 430. And yes, it is preseason. Yes, I'm probably a little too excited for a preseason game, Tim. But you hit the nail on the head right there. And I'm not even sure you meant to do it. It was a long Probably off season. Not, yes. <laughs> yes, it was. And so the last time we've seen the Arizona Cardinals on a football field against another team, and I think it was the Cardinals, I'm not sure, was in that playoff game against the LA Rams. So just any image of the Cardinals playing football against another team is welcome to they, me. They were there in body. I'm not sure they were there in mind. They were there in uniform. They, they, the uniforms were out there. I'm not sure the heart and the hustle were. Um, yeah, listen, the, the, the starters are not going to play except for a few. So obviously over the next two and a half hours. We'll talk a lot about Zayvon Collins with Wolf and Marco Wilson and not only what you're looking for tonight uh, out of those guys, but maybe more importantly, Luke, why those guys are out there tonight. I think maybe that might be the more important part of the discussion. Why Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph feel the need to put those guys out there in the first preseason game tonight uh, in Cincinnati. But again, with the first preseason game, it's always good to see your team uh, play a football game, but also, let's be honest, you're getting a chance to see uh, guys that are battling for roster spots. That's the old cliche. But for me, it's always about seeing the draft picks play yeah. for the first time. And when you talk about the Cardinals, you, you look at those defensive pass rushers and MyJ Sanders and Cameron Thomas, especially Sanders, uh, going back to the city where he excelled playing for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm excited to see him yeah. get after the quarterback a little bit tonight. That's that's a great that's a great call right there. We'll get you covered on all this stuff, obviously, throughout the show. Some of the main guys you can watch because you're right. There are some guys that are just fighting for roster spots that ultimately you as a Cardinals fan don't even hope to ever see play during the regular season. It's a cool story. Some of these guys like Trace McSorley, are they going to keep three quarterbacks or is he auditioning for a job somewhere else? Like Call me Trace McSorley. Rep that blue and 
costume? I didn't recognize it at first, and then I was like, oh, okay, now I know what this is. Maloney was just waiting for one of us to say the name Trace McSorley. I think Jared Carlin's got company in this song parody department. No, whoever That's... that is is a better singer. <laughs> I can tell you that no, right the top Luke, don't yes. you dare. Controversial statement. The great vocal stylings of the one and only. I'm, I'm actually going to say something <laughs> controversial for me to say. Jared, if you see him work behind the scenes writing lyrics to a song, is is it's remarkable how quickly he can do it. If he would just have somebody else sing the song, that would be fantastic. I believe you participated in a duet or two in the past, that was, that Luke. Was, that was two years ago. It was a different time. And you're never going to live it down. <laughs> I've had that thing completely scrubbed from the internet. No, no, no. Dig that one up, Maloney. We'll play it later. Uh, no, we're not doing that. That's a horrible way to go into the season. So the other part of this, though, is, yeah, you, you have, like, just from the football side of things, yeah, it's cool to see these guys out there competing for a job. It's cool to see the Cardinals in uniform. But, you know, somewhat to your point, there are... There are actual players that are going to play on this team that you can watch tonight. Marco Wilson, Zayvon Collins. I tell you, I'm really interested in Eno Benjamin and Antonio Hamilton. Antonio Hamilton in particular, he may very well pass Marco Wilson depending on how things play out in this uh, in these next few weeks. Yeah, can I give you a bad like analogy or cliche about Eno Benjamin? Please. We, we've heard all the smoke since OTAs. Tonight we want to see the fire. But that's right. Wow. I mean everybody how, <laughs> how lame is that? No, seriously. We have heard so much about Eno Benjamin mm-hmm. since off-season conditioning. Not only from Cliff Kingsbury but also from his teammates. I mean Justin Pugh raved about him during OTAs and, and minicamp. I mean, very rarely do you hear like an, an offensive lineman single out a running back like that because obviously they don't want to, you know, show favorites because it's the running back room is, you know, usually a crowded space, especially before cutdown day. Yeah. But Justin Pugh singled out, uh, you know, Benjamin, who's with the time was running what third or fourth string. So this is a guy that's popped not only in the eyes of the organization, uh, but also in that locker room as well. So we've heard about this. In fact, it, it, was, it was so gushing early on. Luke, you and I talked about it last month. I almost thought, like, man, are they are they propping Eno up to try to maybe put him a on few the, people on, had the, that tra- on the trade block? But now I don't think so. So now I'm, I'm excited now to watch Eno go against live bullets in Cincinnati to see what all the fuss has been about, uh, to see what well, kind of strides the former Sun Devil has made as he goes. And I don't care who he's running the football against tonight by way of Bengals second teamers or third team teamers I just want to see him running the football tonight see what all the see what all the praise has been about so I actually did you guys watch the new episode of Cardinals flight plan that debuted on I believe Tuesday night I've so, seen hard knocks that's not going to help me is it no okay. but they focused a great amount on the running back room and they had Eno Benjamin one-on-one doing an interview and they had Jonathan Ward so that is a room that I'm really excited to see. That's, yeah, that's honestly is probably the, <laughs> you have to look at the corners because your team's like survival this season depends on that. But in terms of just the competition I'm the most interested, it is the running backs. It really is because James Conner was a monster last year. And I and I think he can do it again this year. It's not like he ran for 2,000 yards. It was just that he was a monster in the way you expect him to be a monster. But guys get hurt and guys miss a few games at that position. And so who's the number two running back? We all assumed it was Darrell Williams. It probably will be Darrell Williams to start the year. And if he is going to put up 1,000 yards like he did last year with the Chiefs or, you know, play that way it's going to be him but I've been waiting to see Eno actually do something in the NFL for a while and we got a glimpse of it last year when he trucked that dude in the 49ers game 
they're, it's not just that they're talking about it in front of the cameras. They're talking him up behind the scenes, off the record, too. Here's the deal. And, that, and that's going to be one of the fascinating position battles in training camp. Maybe not to make, maybe not to who's going to back up. Uh, James Conner as the starting play. Right. Who's going to play? And really, who's who's going to secure roster spots? Usually, when you sign a guy like Daryl Williams, who put up big numbers both receiving and rushing the football with Kansas City a year ago, you kind of take a sharpie out and say, "Okay, well, you know, we don't know how many times he's going to carry the football, but he's going to be on the team." Yeah. No, I mean, nobody doubted that when Williams was draft uh, signed. And then you draft Keontae Ingram, you think, yeah, okay, he's going to be on the football team too. But now kind of, Luke, all bets are off. I mean, you know Benjamin popping like this in the offseason? He's going to make some coaches think. And I got news for for everybody. Just because Daryl Williams was signed as a free agent does not guarantee him a roster spot. I agree with you. You would think that he would have been the number 2 running back. But listen, position battles are open. I've seen veteran free agents that have put up numbers on other teams, get signed in the offseason by other teams, yeah. and then not make that final roster well, with their new team. It has happened before. And Ingram's especially interesting because Eno has taken the step. So you're right. You draft Keontae Ingram. I know you took him late, but he had a pretty good college career. You figure you just drafted him. He's going to get a long look, and he looks decent. Jonathan Ward, you know they like for what he can do in special teams. They're not keeping five running backs. For the most part, they only use one running back at a time out there on the field. So they're not going to keep five of these guys. So even just cutting it down to four is going to be quite the uh, the challenge. And it really, I know it's already started in camp, obviously, because Eno's moved up a little bit. But there's there's something to be said for he's he's going to play tonight. And I would assume Daryl Williams might even play a little bit tonight, too. And also remember, when it comes to Ingram, listen, you don't like to cut draft picks, but you can live cutting 6th and 7th round draft picks. You can. Not the end of the world. I kind of like Ingram, though, too. All right, we come back over to basketball reports. Say Kevin Durant came to Phoenix last night. Why? We'll talk about it next. There he is. Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, we threw this poll question up on the at Wolf and Luke on Twitter. Hit me. Hit me. Where are you with Kevin Durant to the Suns at this point? Okay, here's your four options, right? And you can still vote on this. I'll, I'll, I'll do the full results later on in the show today. Your options, Tim, are you're over it. Run it back with the team you have. Get them, but not if you have, if you have to trade Mikel Bridges. <laughs> Get them, but not if you have to trade DeAndre Ayton. Or... All in, it's Kevin Durant. Whatever it takes. Hey, I figured out how we can get Bonds and Griffey and not have to give that much up either. <laughs> just, I just want I want a sense of where Suns fans are with this. Yes, and what, honestly, the results are, are pretty telling. What's the, yeah, I got a pretty good idea at this point what the leader in the clubhouse is. Go ahead, so, hit me. So again, just your options are I'm over it, just run it back with the team you have. Kevin. Get him, but not if you have to give up Mikel. Get him, but not if you have to give up DA or I'm all in, it's Kevin Durant. The overwhelming leader right now, 45%. I'm over it. Just run it back with the team you had. Yeah. And the even more overwhelming loser in this is get him, but don't trade DeAndre Ayton. There is no DA love. 3% of the voters were like, yeah, get him, but not if you have to give up DA. Like, are people just done with DA? (laughs) Jeez. Okay, well, all right. I understand why the the leading vote-getter is, uh, I'm over it. Let's run it back. I I think it's human nature. See, I think... 
We have a good team to run it back with. Too. Well, but a couple things. I'm going to get to that in a second. Let me let me let, let me a little a little bit on human nature. I think when this first popped, uh, the overwhelming. Uh, majority would say, oh my gosh, let's get Kevin Durant. No matter what it takes, get Durant here. And then when it dies down and you realize it's probably not going to happen, you start to negotiate with yourself and you tell yourself why we're better off without Durant. And you kind of, you kind of, Tell yourself, and you and, and you you settle down, and you say, "Okay, it's going to be okay without Durant." So you kind of really explain to yourself that this is this is going to be okay, and you settle yourself down, and then this kind of percolates up again. But you're still you're still in that mind space where you've talked yourself out of the Durant thing. So I think people are kind of convinced themselves now that the Suns are okay without Durant because they kind of convinced themselves that it wasn't going to happen. So then when you run a poll like that, people are kind of like, you know, I'm over this thing. It's not going to happen. The Suns don't need him. We got a good team. Let's run it back. So that's why you get that answer right there. I guarantee you, if it broke today that the Suns acquired Kevin Durant, the market, the city, Suns Nation would, no, everybody would be on board. through the roof. 97% of fans Excited. would be on board. And everybody be on board. But here's the thing about running it back, Luke. You're not running it back. You cannot underestimate the impact JaVel McGee had on that 64-win team. And Chris Paul is another year older. And we don't and know he, what's up with Jay Crowder now. And Jay Crowder, yes. But I know everybody's technically another year older, but Chris Paul's year older is a lot more that seems significant to be a lot more than Cam than, Johnson than Cam Johnson and yeah. Devin Booker's year older. This this is an interesting conversation today in particular because Kevin Durant is here supposedly in the valley or at least he was last night. This is Gambo yesterday talking about uh Kevin Durant's arrival. Listen, I'm hearing and and take it for what it's worth, okay? I'm hearing that Kevin Durant is expected to be in the valley tonight. Now, again, I have no it could be from a hundred reasons. He obviously can't meet with the Suns, he's on the contract with another team. So I will say this: I've I have heard that he's expected to be in the Valley tonight, arriving you know later tonight. Um, but I have no reason as to why he's here, and I would and I have heard nothing about like him and the Suns because obviously he can't meet with the Suns. Like he can't you know come in and meet with them. Um, he can you know hang out with players and stuff like that if they're here. He can probably even go to a gym and play with guys. But you know I I have heard nothing about. Um, oh, listen, he's gonna you know. Uh, Something's going to get done, and that's why he's coming here. I've heard nothing like that, just that he's coming here. Hmm. What do you, take it for what it's worth, yeah. because I don't know what it means. But- Trying to see if there's any like concerts he might be here okay. for. I don't think he's here for Billy Idol. Maybe. <laughs> that's not the only concert I and see I'll tonight. wake up in the USA. Maybe he's here to listen to Tim sing Billy Idol on the radio. <laughs> he, he would be very fortunate if that's the case. A um, couple things. Clearly, as, as Gambo said about four times in that 30-second clip, he doesn't know why he's here. Uh, but it's definitely not to meet with James Jones. That would be illegal. I don't even know what that would really help at this point. No, I mean, well, it's a, it's a non-starter. Uh, I, I do know this, Luke, because we all live here, and everybody's driving around in their cars right now would agree. Generally speaking, this is not the time of year <laughs> where anybody comes to Phoenix to vacation or get away. Or to have a good time, right? You just don't. This is not. You just don't come here this time of year. This in is fact, the time of year we live here, so that we can get the payoff in December. In fact, if you're an NBA player and you've got thirty million dollars in the bank and you don't have to be here this time of the year, guess what? You're not here. <laughs> yeah, there's so, a reason people so, that don't even so, have thirty million are all just get out of town for six months. So. 
I mean, I mean, you might have kids in school, and I'm not saying like with a broad stroke of definitive answers here that everybody is not here. I mean, there could be several sons here, but generally speaking, I'm just trying to read the tea leaves. What might be going on with with Durant if, in fact, he is here? Generally speaking, guys like you know Chris Paul and Devin Booker and these guys just get out of Dodge during August. They'll come back in September for training camp. It's just too hot. Right, so so Kevin Durant coming here to to hang out or work out. I mean, there's a good chance there's just, there's not a lot of Suns players here. So what else could he be here for? Maybe uh, you know I heard the guys on the morning show. Maybe he's closing on a house. Maybe he bought property here, which has maybe nothing to do with with his you know potentially playing for the Suns. A lot Everybody of, else in the country is buying houses. A here. lot of people have houses here. Certainly, a lot of professional athletes, both current and former, live in Paradise Valley. They 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 live in. They they live in the houses on on Camelback Mountain. I mean, it's a great place to to live part time during the year if you have multiple uh, houses, which a lot this of this is what I would say to Kevin do, Durant so. if he's if he's like sitting in his car right now waiting for his house to close. KD, yeah, it's it's a great place to live. It's a better place to live during basketball season. It really is. Like, literally, when basketball season starts, you want to be here all the way till when basketball season ends. That's when you kind of are like, yeah, I'm going to go check out somewhere cooler. Actually, in case. KD is listening in his car right now. Can you give him the phone number? Have him call in. Maybe he just tells us why he's here. Yeah, okay. and we can stop speculating. 602-260-9870. Only if you are Kevin Durant, feel free to call in and tell us why. KD, you're here. call yeah. in. Uh, and also, can you get Sean Marks on the line too? Because really, this all comes down to Sean Marks. We already know Kevin Durant wants to play here. What we've kind of found out this week, or maybe people already had pieced this together, but it was kind of a wake up call for me. There's other places he wants to play too. But you know, look, he's in Phoenix right now. He's not in Philadelphia. K- KD is let's see, he's got we've known this we've known this since the get go and and it's 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 tough because the the information has slowly trickled out but nothing has changed from the fundamental fact Kevin Durant has no leverage he's got no leverage he's got four years left on his deal well, he's got some leverage well he's got some leverage Luke but those are extreme measures and we've talked about it for four months now he can threaten to retire he can hold out I don't think he's doing either of those he can hold out or he can. Uh, to use the, the the popular recent NFL term, he can hold in. Uh, that's just irritating, right? Yeah. So, and, and by or he could. John Hollinger wrote about it earlier in the week. You could come in and you could you could sit out with minor quote unquote injuries, or you could play Matador defense. You could be that guy. I don't. I don't I, think that, Durant's that guy. Then that is his leverage. Or if you get traded to a team you don't want to be, or if you're still on the Nets, you could be a disgruntled employee. I asked Bobby Marks about that when you and I did the show a couple months ago. Bobby Marks, his answer was was kind of funny. He goes, four years is a long time to be disgruntled." That, that's the thing. I, I don't think he has to at this point leverage his way out of Brooklyn because I think if you're Joe Sy, you are staring at the situation and being like, "It's not. Can we get through one year with this guy? It's four more years." I think they're going to trade him. The question is how much leverage does he have if he specifically wanted to come to Phoenix? And I really do think, realistically, his leverage is send me to one of these three or four teams. Right. So because now, cause they, you have to allow there to be a little bit of a bidding war. But, well, so, so now, listen, so now he... His 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 recourse is okay. Let me try to take a blowtorch to this by just saying, you know, it's either them or me. Kevin Durant knows darn well that that Josiah is not going to fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash no. because he told them it was to. a calculated move, right? So now he's he's just trying to muck up everything. I said muck 
up everything in Brooklyn and yes. make it make it such a messy situation that Joe Sy has got no other alternative uh, but to tell Sean Marks, listen, get what you can get for him. Let's get him out of here because we have we this is this is an unattainable situation. And Durant's trying to cause that by saying it's them or me. I think he's caused it. I think now it's just a matter of where he goes. And I still hope it's here as much as I don't want to lose Mikel Bridges. But uh, well, listen, I'm not going to be ignorant to the fact that Philadelphia and Boston and Miami. I don't understand why Miami is in the running more than the Suns, but whatever. I, 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 I'm not going to be ignorant to the fact there are other teams in the running. And, but Durant can always say, "Look, if, if if you trade me to Miami or Boston, I mean, I mean, if if he really is, if it's Phoenix or bust for Durant, he can he can do the same stuff. Listen, if you trade me to those teams, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to play. I'm not. I don't want to be there. Get what you can get from Phoenix, and that's the deal. Get Bridges. Get Bridges and Johnson four first round picks and everything else you can get, and that's the deal. I, I don't know. That's that's the only way I see him coming here, Luke, at this point. Yeah. Texas, your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Which players should you be watching for tonight in preseason game number one? We're going to go live to Cincinnati and talk to Wolf next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Tim Rings in for Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. I think Zach Ertz second year in the system, full season. I think Hollywood Brown playing in our system, and then I definitely Rondell. I mean, he's he's kind of waited in the wings last year. He was frustrated at times last year with the way I used him, which he should have been, and I understood that. But he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Can take off 2022 with Wolf and Luke. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. It's game day, Cardinals-Bengals week one of the preseason. Tim Ring is in for Wolf, but there's a good reason that Wolf's not here because Wolf is in Cincinnati getting ready to be at Paycor Stadium for this afternoon's game. And he joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Wolf, what's it like out there? Uh, it's beautiful, as a matter of fact. 72 degrees got down into the, I believe, the high 50s last oh. night. If you can imagine that, Luke, here in Cincinnati. What a beautiful thing that is. We're on to Cincinnati. Football weather. <laughs> All right, Wolf, let's let's reset sort of uh, just everything now as we head into this game. Tim and I were talking about finally the first time to see the Cardinals in uniform against another team since all the way back in the playoffs in, in January against the Rams. What's, um, give me like the main two guys you're really keeping an eye on tonight. Yeah, you know, I think we've talked about this ad nauseum right now, but just after having a conversation with Cliff Kingsbury early this morning, I think 7.45 as a matter of fact this morning, which is our, which is really 4.45 our time. So, you know, I'm old and tired right now. There were two guys <laughs> that we really talked an awful lot about. Uh, Will Hernandez, of course, and how much he was going to play. Will Hernandez, guys, is actually going to play a quarter or more. Wow. <laughs> That, that right there got my attention immediately. I am a huge fan of this guy. He uh, is maybe the squarest dude I've ever seen in football gear. And he's a guy I think the Arizona Cardinals need up front. 
if there's one thing their offensive line needs a little bit more of, in my opinion, is physicality. And Will Hernandez is a guy that, although he's got to continue to work on his pass sets and his pass protection, this is a guy that loves to come off the ball and slobber some people up. So I'm looking forward to Will Hernandez uh, tonight and Zayvon Collins. I believe Zayvon Collins is going to play a half tonight. Now, I think a lot of that will depend on how it goes for him while he's out there. But this is exactly what I wanted to see from Zayvon Collins. Hopefully, we're going to have an ISO camera on Zayvon Collins an awful lot tonight just watching him play. It's not like he's going to be playing in a lot of complex pressure schemes or blitz schemes or fronts like that. I think they'll keep it very, very vanilla. But just watching this young guy, he has got to get experience. He's got to see it. He's one of these guys that sees it, and once he sees it, he learns it. So uh, they got to get him reps out there on the field. Those two guys in particular, man, that's what I'm looking for. Will Hernandez and Zayvon Collins. Wolf, at uh, 7.45 in the morning, I'd, I'd like to think that Cliff Kingsbury brought you guys donuts, but looking at Cliff on the beach last summer, I don't think that man eats any donuts. I think you guys are probably out of luck. <laughs> Dude, there's no doubt about it, man. No, he's not eating a lot of donuts. I'm the one eating donuts right now, all right? He's not eating a lot of donuts, but I can't tell you, man. 745, supposedly, he was up at like 330. You know, he's one of these early to bed, early riser type guys, and I think, you know, we we could not go to bed. I don't know about you guys. I can't lay down right at 9 o'clock at night and go to sleep. No, I, I just can't do that. And obviously with the time change here, couldn't do it until about one thirty in the morning, laid down and went to sleep. And, man, it was nasty getting up early. How much I'll tell you. Man, Cliff's got to get his 3,000 crunches in, I think, at 4 a.m. Hey, Wolf, when, when, <laughs> when, when, when a lot of first-teamers don't play in a game like this, but yet the coaching staff says, Zavin, you're in. Marco Wilson, you're in. What are the, what are, what are, what is the staff looking at with guys like that specifically? Is it playmaking? Uh, is it the way they're reading things? You know, from your experience, give me the rundown uh, of what a coaching staff or an individual coach is looking at from an individual player in a preseason game number one like we have tonight. Really, really a great question, Timmy. It it truly is. Um, are you a football player? Can I see you play the game of football? Listen, they, it really isn't about who you're playing against as much as do you know your assignment? Do you know what your assignment is? And how are you processing the defense that is being called? How are you processing the offense of play that is being called? How are you processing it? And how are you going out and performing? How are you executing that job? It really, it, it really has nothing to do with whoever it is they're playing against. At some point in time, when you start looking at a roster and you start looking at a duck chart, and you start saying, okay, we're going to have to go ahead and we're going to have to drop him down the depth chart or, or lift him up in the depth chart, whatever it is. When you start doing that, that's when you consider, largely consider who it is that he's been playing against. But right now in the first preseason game, they're looking at assignment. What is your assignment? And then they're looking at execution. How did you execute your assignment right there? Were you thinking clearly and did your body react the way that it should have. That's what they're really looking for 
right now, and especially for a guy like Zayvon Collins, who really needs reps, man. Luke, this is something you and I have been talking about. He needs to see it. I, I love the fact that they've kept him out in practice. They've kept him out in third and obvious pass situations. Hey, I don't know if he's going to be out there in third and obvious pass situations, third and eight plus in the regular season. I, I don't know if he's going to do that. Um, but I like the fact they're keeping him out there because they're allowing him to see everything. Short yardage, goal line, uh, third and obvious, like I said, first and ten rundown situation. They're allowing him to see everything because when you draft a guy number 16 overall, that's your expectation for him. Your expectation is going to be that he's not going to come off the field. He's going to be one of those guys that stays on the field. Well, the only way you can get better at football is playing football. And that was something Bill Belichick was very, very big on. And I'm glad that Zavin is going to get a lot of reps tonight. Yeah, he told us earlier in the week he wanted a lot of reps, Wolf, when you asked him. And it sounds like if he's really going to play maybe a half, that's that's quite a bit. So they're going to find some stuff out about Zayvon. Wolf's going to stick around. He's in Cincinnati, obviously, calling in before the game tonight. We come back. What can the Cardinals as a team get out of not just tonight's game, but really this entire preseason? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show. Tim Ring in for Wolf on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Sold and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways, and so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Wolf and Luke. The Wolf and Luke Show, Tim Ring, is joining me today. He's in for Wolf, but Wolf is on the Arizona Sports Line right now because Wolf is in Cincinnati getting ready to call this game tonight. Wolf, um, Bengals-Cardinals, week one of the preseason. The real question, are do you have to wear a suit for this? As a matter of fact, there is no tie. There will be a jacket and a collared shirt wow. and, of course, some slacks, as you well know. But there will be no tie. I thought that was kind of cool right there. You want to talk about progress, man. Here we are in 2022 and no tie on the preseason broadcast. I made my day. Wolf, this is what you always say all the time when you're talking about football. This is the blending of the old and the new. You still wear the sport <laughs> coat, but you don't have to wear the tie. It's perfect. Um, all right. Let's. How about? I guarantee you this much, Luke, I'm still going to look real bad. <laughs> Don't tell your fashion guy that. All right. The- well, no, I'll, you know, I'll be dressed nicely, but I'm going to look real bad. <laughs> um, the running backs, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. You and I have obviously talked about it quite a bit. Wolf, what's the, what's the max number in your mind of running backs they can keep on this team when training camp's over? Yeah, I know. We were just having that conversation, as a matter of fact. Um, there's no doubt about it. Cliff Kingsbury says the running back room is the most competitive room on the team. Um, the wide receiver room as well is very, very competitive as well. But I can tell you the running back room, that is that is fierce right now. I just don't see a way. This is just me. I don't see a way they can keep more than four running backs on this roster. And 
they might have more, obviously, when the season comes around and they've got the 53-man roster and suddenly you've got the practice squad as well. I'm sure they're going to have probably five, six, even running backs that are going to be around this team. But I think the 53-man roster, for the most part, uh, four running backs is the most you could actually carry. And, boy, that doesn't look good when you start breaking it down. You've got Eno Benjamin, of course. He's going to get a lot of action tonight as well. Eno Benjamin, you've got Daryl Williams. You've got, um, obviously, James Conner, of course. You've got Jonathan Ward, who's very, very good in terms of special teams. Is he going to be the fourth guy? Or Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram, guys, there are there are some names that are being bantied about right here as having great training camps so far to this point. And Keontae Ingram is one of those guys that uh, is being mentioned in that group. Um uh, Antonio Hamilton is a guy, even though he's an older guy, Antonio Hamilton is a guy a lot of people are talking about, Greg Dorch, Josh Jones, Victor Bolden. These are guys that have caught uh, the attention of not only the coaches, but also of the players. Wolf, uh, you talk about players to watch tonight. I'm looking at the depth chart right now. It is year four for Andy Isabella. And I don't know if it's too late already, but at best, is it now or never for Isabella? And when I say now, Wolf, I mean like right now, like tonight and next week for Andy Isabella to pop. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Andy Isabella is one of the names that is being mentioned as well. Um, Andy Isabella, in a positive way, he's catching the ball so much better. I personally have not seen him drop a ball. Now, it's not like I followed Andy Isabella all over the practice field. It's not like I had the access to Andy Isabella. I personally have not seen him drop a ball in individual drills or out on the field in, you know, pass skeleton or in team drills. I haven't seen him drop a ball yet. Um, He's having a good camp. As a matter of fact, the coaches mentioned him as one of the guys that really needs to step up. Um, Trace McSorley, guys, is another name that a lot of people are talking about. And Trace McSorley has hooked up with Andy Isabella in um, practice a number of times for some serious yardage and some touchdowns as well. So those two guys seem to have built a little bit of chemistry out on the practice field. And Trace McSorley is going to get a lot of action here tonight, guys. Wolf, obviously calling in from Cincinnati right now. Uh, just big picture, and beyond even tonight, you got the Baltimore game, you've got practices in Tennessee after that, you've got a game against the Titans, just three preseason games now, but a lot of competition around this, this team. Collectively, as a team, what can the Cardinals get out of these three preseason games? Oh, yeah, 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 I know. You know what, Luke? I, I honestly, I want to sit here and say, well, Luke, are you kidding me? They can actually establish their culture and they can, they can establish the physicality and the type of team they're going to. No, no, no. You know, really, Luke, none of that. 
really applies. Preseason in today's NFL is really more about the individual than it is yeah. the team concept. It is it is more so and more so every year. It is about the individual and not the team. You just have no idea what to expect. Now, once again, are you going to go out there and work some of your core plays? Yes, you're going to do that, but even then you're thinking as a coach, you're thinking to yourself, how much do I really want to show? Why do I want to put any of this on tape? Even if people know that we're going to run this play, why do I want to show it? Why do I want to do any of it in the preseason? You're always worried about that and showing too much, and yet at the same time, you've got to run your core stuff because that's where you're trying to evaluate your players on. It really is a tight rope that you've got to walk a fine line in the preseason from a head coach's perspective and what plays you're going to call, what defenses you're going to call. So it's really difficult to get any type of feel on a team. And never forget this, guys. As you well know, half the guys out on the field don't want to be on the field. Right. And, the other, and the other half of the guys that are on the field aren't going to be on the field, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So preseason, you can't draw anything from it from a team perspective. But from an individual perspective, man, it sure beats the alternative if you've got a lot of young guys trying to make a team that go out there and play well. Well, you know, uh, Wolf, that was going to be my last question, actually. It's almost I want to tug on your heartstrings a little bit because I know you'll have a good answer for this. I got to admit, when I was younger, by the time you got to the third or fourth quarter of preseason game one, man, I was kind of mentally checked out. It was kind of like whatever. But I want to, but I got to, I want to say this now. I think hard knocks actually illuminated something within me and I think a lot of people. You realize those were real people out there in those jerseys in the third and fourth quarter. Those were real young men with their hopes and their dreams on the line out there in those preseason games trying to make a football team. And I got to tell you, after after Hard Knocks debuted and you watched it every year, I kind of watched the third and fourth quarters a little differently with a little different perspective. And Wolf, I know even if you weren't one of those guys Back in the day, trying to make a team in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, you had Which friends, I was. and you had friends that were also in that position. So speak on that a little bit. These guys that are out there that you know, maybe to the average fan are like, you know, whatever. But these are guys yeah. with a, with, a, with a, I mean, these guys are pouring everything into the reps they're getting. On, yep. a, on a warm summer night in Cincinnati in the fourth quarter of a game that nobody really is ever going to think about again. Yeah. Well, first of all, Timmy, let me just tell you that um, two things. Number one, I call the fourth quarter the witching hour because <laughs> the witching hour in the preseason because you never know what it is you're going to see out there on the field. And let me also say, number two, I had to fight every year. I was one of those guys out in the second half in the third quarter or the fourth quarter trying to make a football team, to your point. Um, there's no doubt about it. It's It's high drama. It is, and um, it's one of the reasons why I, I'm not crazy about the hard knocks 
preseason. As a matter of fact, I'm not crazy about it at all, period. It's because that's where they really tried to glorify who was going to make the team and who wasn't going to make the team. And then in this guy's, this young man's worst moment when he's being told that he's being cut from his dream, all of a sudden you've got a camera and a microphone there. That, to me, is not the way that it should be. Okay, now that's just me. It's old school. I understand. Everybody loves it. They want to see it. They pay good money to see it. And I understand it. It's great for an organization, and it's great for a fan base. But from a player's perspective, it does hurt, especially when you've got some guys. Like we were talking about Andy Isabella. Andy Isabella is a guy that is well-liked in the locker room. Andy Isabella is a guy that has been around a long time. He's got a lot of teammates that are cheering for Andy Isabella to get out there and make some plays and flash on the field. And he's not alone. He's just one example of this. And to your point, Timmy, it is. These are human beings that play this game. And I know that we all tend to think these professional athletes are beamed down from the mothership, but that is just not the case. And um, it's a, a joyful moment when a player that is, you know, on the fence it's a joyful moment when he makes a play, and it's also a sad moment for a lot of guys that are out there rooting for him yep. when he doesn't make that same play. Yep, I was going to say that he's got parents either at that game or watching on oh, TV, yeah. hanging on, hang, his brothers, his sisters, his buddies from college. Yeah, I mean, it means something to people. It Wolf, really does. No doubt. Thanks for checking in, man. We'll be uh, watching tonight. All right. Thanks, Jimmy, for filling in, man. Anytime, buddy. That's Wolf checking in on the Arizona Sports Line ahead of tonight's. Really, it's this afternoon's. It's it's four thirty start. So don't don't be like tuning in at seven o'clock, being like, hey, let's check this out because you're going to be seeing the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, so Wolf checking in on the Arizona Sports Line for that Cardinals Bengals, of course, tonight preseason game number one. When we come back, where are Suns fans at when it comes to the Kevin Durant saga? He's supposedly in town right now, but are Valley sports fans kind of over it? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.